Making sure you and your loved ones can live comfortably in the future starts with choices you make today. At RBC Wealth Management, they can help you make the right choices in using the assets you've built up over a lifetime. Whether it's leaving something for your loved ones, enjoying your own retirement, or giving to a favorite charity, RBC Wealth Management will help you plan for the coming years and the coming generations. Call the Quigley Group at the Eau Claire office of RBC Wealth Management at 715-858-7788 to see how they can help. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Hello, everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and as always... This is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. we got a fun show here today as we all begin to hunker down. Hope everybody's got their bread and milk as it'll be shoulder to shoulder, but the stomach people swinging arms to make sure they get that, that last gallon of milk and that last loaf of bread before Snowmageddon arrives over the weekend. We will talk about that here in just a moment. Reminder to check out all of our other great programs with our network, including Banker with a Beer, uh, a rather intriguing one and a fun one. Uh, the topic itself may not excite you. It's not a sexy topic, but it's a very intriguing guest. He has a great time uh, with us, uh, but we're talking childhood obesity and obesity in general. You know, being overweight and stuff like that. Things that people really don't want to look in the mirror at it and admit. Uh, but it's a it's a fun conversation. It's not one that's going to make you feel bad. And it's with a gentleman named uh, Dr. William Klitsch, who is a UW Eau Claire alum. He is in the area, lives in the area now. But uh, he is world-renowned, world-known is Dr. William Klitsch. And he has pioneered uh, back in the 80s a lot of the research for obesity, and, and uh, he's had a focus on it with, with children, but it is stuff that impacts everybody. So a, a great conversation. Go and listen to it. It'll be a quick 30-minute listen. Uh, it's one of those things that I'm really encouraging you to go and click on because you're going to look at it, and it's not sexy. You know, It's not one of the the lighter-hearted topics, if you will, and you're going to learn what's going on in the area. It's a little bit deeper, but it's very fun. Uh, he speaks with a smile the whole time, and he gives some, uh, what I like is the the best thing there. At the, towards the beginning of the show, he admits he went to UW-Eau Claire to major in, as he put it, partying and basketball. So how did a guy who uh, was pretty much just uh, – at school to play college basketball and chase girls and drink beer, end up a world-renowned doctor. Uh, you're going to want to hear that story. Uh, plus, we got everything else going on at Eau Claire Hometown Media. Follow and subscribe to us on Spotify and iHeart. More and more of you are doing that. And then these Eau Claire Hometown Media podcasts come right to you. Well, this weekend, you may have lots of time to listen to the podcast, whether you are hunkered in at home or you are uh, perhaps out snow blowing and shoveling. We are going to have weather. Oh, the weather outside is weather. 
It is going to be an intriguing next couple of days. At the time of the recording of this podcast, we are, of course, pre-storm. So who knows if we're actually going to get snowmageddon or not. Is it going to veer off? But we look to be right. We look like we're going to get it right between the eyes, this storm, uh, 6 to 12 inches. And once you get over four inches, you're starting to get some big travel impacts, and it just quickly goes down from there. Uh, it is going to be fun to see, and I use the term fun loosely, fun to see how this storm plays out. And there's so many different variables as to the storm itself and what people are talking about with the storm. Who knows? By the time you and I chat again on Tuesday, we might not have gotten anything. This thing may have petered out, but my gut tells me this is a storm that's going to, to, to get us. Is it going to be an historic storm? I'm not going to go that far. But my gut tells me this is going to be at least a five to six incher. So it's going to be for this area on the major side. And where I grew up, in upstate New York, where we averaged over 100 inches of snow a year, I'm always quick to tell everybody, you get uh, you get five, six inches, even in my area, that's a major storm. The only difference is we have a much larger army of snow plows than there are here in the Eau Claire and Chippewa Valley area. That makes a significant difference. The timing of the storm is going to be the frustrating thing with this. The timing of the storm it <laughs> couldn't be more inconvenient for a number of people because you're talking about it being on a on a Friday night. A lot of people like to do things on a Friday night, so you're going to see an awful lot of things get canceled, get banged, as we would say in the sports world. A lot of things will get uh, will get scrapped. On Friday night, I'd be surprised if hardly anything is held and things that are held, it's only because they, they simply cannot move them and they're going to take the, the financial hit. So you're not going to see much going on Friday night. You're, the sad thing is there's some things that people have to get to. Maybe there is uh, a family gathering that uh, has been planned for months and you're, you're still going to try to hold that. Uh, so there's going to be some stresses from this storm and people have to reconfigure their schedules. And if they can't reconfigure their schedules, they may have to venture out into this stuff. We hope everybody is, uh, is safe. Remember, this is expected to be a heavy snow. So take your time with that snow blower and the, and the shovel, yeah, put the, uh, put the podcast in your ear and take your time. It Saturday morning could be a lot of fun. The, uh, Trying to think of a of a of a big syllable word like a, a cacophony, cacophony sound of snowblowers and shovels in a in a, in nearly every residential area in the area. That's what you're going to get on Saturday morning, and people aren't going to be going anywhere on Saturday too because you're going to have the the roads are going to be impassable. The residential roads are going to be impassable. I'm pretty darn sure the the road where I am, where the Montesano Mansion is. We're usually one of the last ones to be plowed. I wouldn't expect us to get plowed until I'm hoping by 2 o'clock on Saturday. If we're not plowed by 4 o'clock on Saturday, I'd be very disappointed. But we will wait to uh, to see. Uh, speaking of uh, maybe better weather things, the Northern Wisconsin State Fair has come out this week. Uh, 
you start seeing some of the summertime things make announcements around this time uh, for a number of reasons. One, you're a few months out, and the, this allows them a chance to to build up sales. Also, they you know, if they can do it before Christmas time, you never you know they they may be able to to grab a holiday gift or two idea out of people to to buy passes whatnot. Well, the Northern Wisconsin State Fair coming out this week and announcing that they will now operate on Tuesdays. Uh, they will go from Tuesday through Sunday as opposed to Wednesday through Sunday. You know, not that inconsequential of a move to, to add another day. And for vendors and for suppliers and all of that, that means you're staffing one extra day. It's not like you can just snap your fingers and it happens. So it was a decision that took some time to make. Expanding the Tuesdays, traditionally there's been activity at the fairgrounds on that Tuesday, as that was and will remain to be the day that farm exhibitions took place. Well, now you're going to have that open to the public even more, along with the food vendors will be open in full and the midway will be open. The idea of moving to Tuesday, of course, you know, money always drives these decisions, but the idea of moving to Tuesday is because you've had growing attendance, you've had momentum, so let's take advantage of it, let's see how far we can push it. The other thing this does by opening up the fair on Tuesday and opening up the farm exhibitions is that, and having talked to Rusty Volk in the past, this maintains and further connects the fair to its roots, which is an agricultural fair. And while there are performers, and while there's the midway, and while there's the food vendors and all of that, at its heart, this has always been an agricultural fair. And uh, Rusty Volk and that board take it very, very seriously. So by expanding the Tuesday, you're increasing your revenue opportunities while highlighting something that is why the fair was started in the first place. So I like that. Uh, they did announce their first headliner. Uh, boy, if this doesn't sound county fairish, I don't know what does. Rick Springfield will perform. And here's the thing. People that run these types of fairs get it. And a performer like Rick Springfield gets it. When you end up on the, the county fair circuit, by the way, I, I call the Northern Wisconsin State Fair a, a county fair. Uh, I, it, basically, that fair has engulfed the county fairs from around the areas. You know, counties still have their fairs, but like in Eau Claire, it's not really a, a fair like you and I would know it. But you get what I mean. But it's, it's funny in... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you start in the county fair circuit and you end in the county fair circuit or the, the casino circuit, if you will. Rick Springfield will perform at the Northern Wisconsin State uh, Fair, uh, perform Jesse's Girl and what have you in the 80s. Now 72 is Rick Springfield. I saw this too. Uh, they used to do the occasional quote-unquote soft opening on a Tuesday, the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, but it didn't go well uh, for them. And it's because they didn't really have the fair totally open. They'd open the doors and you could come in, but you really weren't 
they really weren't pushing for you to come in. So uh, Rusty Volk doesn't look too much into into that. Uh, the only thing, the only issue that could happen, I could see, is much like when we saw a decade ago Black Friday expand into Thursday, is are you just bumping up the initial group and spreading out, or are you actually growing? And you'll have to see. Uh, even with that, it all comes down to revenue. In the end, do they, the fair and the vendors, see more revenue, and does that revenue justify the change? Moving on, we've got a NIMBY alert, NIMBY alert, a not-in-my-backyard alert. This kind of uh, went out of the radar, was not nearly as contentious as the issue in the town of Washington, which, uh, remember that development in the town of Washington, that was an earlier-this-year thing. Uh, in, the, in the months and weeks that have passed since then, uh, and I've got some people that very much were against that, and you know, wondering why I was so against the neighbors in that area. Why was I for the development? I'm going to tell you right now. There's a lot of business people in this area that uh, are still banging their head against the desk over the fact that that development was curtailed. They may try to put it back out there, but there's more and more signs they might not. And it's just BS reasons as to why that development in the town of Washington is not going to happen. And you need that. You all want growth in the area. You all want jobs in the area. Well, there's a big issue that's keeping employers from coming to the area, including one that's very highly rumored to be coming to the area. And things are stalling a bit. And that's housing. All right? You're going to have to build the housing somewhere. The housing isn't just going to go where you, where, you know, away from you. It's going to probably be right around you. You're going to need housing. They need housing. That town of Washington development really irritated me because yeah, it, it, it just irritated me. You live around this area. You can't say you're 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 living in a rural area when you're th a three minute drive from an Olive Garden. Oh, I want I want the ruralness. I want to be out in the open. Go move to go move out to 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 Colfax. Go move out to Barron. All right, those are communities that are smaller, that are probably not going to ever grow to 60, 70,000 people, and you're far enough away from metropolitan areas that they're not going to bleed in. Go get a home on Lake Wissota. But I, I, I digress. Uh, there was this development planned in Pleasant Valley, and it has gotten approval. The county board approving a rezoning in Pleasant Valley for a single-family home development. It passed 25 to 28. It passed uh, 25 to 3 this week. Now, still needs final approval. Uh, the county board had to vote on it because enough neighbors had opposed it because, of course, but this development had gotten approval from the various county boards leading up, various county subcommittees. The Pleasant Valley Town Board voted unanimously for this single-family home development. But again, they had the county board had to vote because there was enough complaints from neighbors. So the county board as a whole had to vote and have a two-thirds majority, which they did easily. What I liked... And one thing I wanted to note here is something that makes an awful lot of sense, and it's going to irritate a lot of people. 
especially when your opinion is not the one that is agreed to. Pleasant Valley officials spoke to the county board ahead of time, sent a letter. Two of the Pleasant Valley officials wrote a letter addressing the board, asking them and reminding them that there'd already been approval processes in place. This development had already gone through scrutiny that multiple committees, multiple individuals had signed off on the rezoning and to remember that when they were voting that evening. The other thing they mentioned was citizens' opinions, neighbors' opinions should be considered but should not be the end-all be-all. And they're right. They're 100% right. Absolutely right. And it's going to irritate all it's going to irritate all of you because you're going to say my opinion matters, your opinion does matter. But you don't always get your way. What is better for the greater good? What is? And a lot of times by the way when people don't want something to be built or they don't want something, it's not like they if you just pound your fist on the table and you don't want something, I'm not going to listen to you as much as if you pound your fist on the table and you say, hey, instead of putting it here, why can't you put it here? And here's here's five reasons why it would be better if you moved it over here. That shows you've had more thought. That shows that you actually are maybe trying to help the process as opposed to, nope, just don't have it here. On a more simpler matter, it's like when people are trying to decide what they're going to have for dinner and somebody says, okay, we're going to have steak tonight. Nope, nope, don't want steak. Okay, what do you want? Well, I don't know what I want, but I don't want, but we're not going to have steak. Okay, let's have chicken. Nope, no chicken. Uh, you, you got to eventually throw something out there to help out the process. The other, the other thing too, as I said, with the town of Washington development, instead of, instead of when you have something some semblance of growth. And a lot of times these worries of 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 traffic and, and, and change are overblown. You'll get used to it. You'll get used to it. But sometimes these issues of, of, of when you have a development like this coming in, look at another way. What can you get out of it? I always thought the people in the town of Washington completely screwed that up. They were fighting it enough that they should have said, you know what, hey, if you're going to build this, can we get X, Y, Z? If we're going to take on this development for the greater good of the community, because it's more single family homes, what do we get out of it? What do we get out of it? Make sure those roads are, are built up, all that sort of thing. All these people were talking about, oh, bike riding and what have you on the roads. You could have demanded more trails. You could have demanded more sidewalks. You could have demanded more bicycle-friendly areas. All that sort of thing. Lights on the roads. Same thing with the people in Pleasant Valley. You should have started to say, hey, what do we get in? in uh, hey, well, we'll support this. We won't try to block it. We'll be good neighbors, all that. But hey, what can we get? It, is it a matter of uh, whatever it is? 
think they missed out on that. A couple other things here. Uh, various entities in the area receiving COVID grants from the state. Uh, these are more of the uh, entertainment venues in the area getting some relief. The Oakland Express got $80,000 to help recoup some lost revenue. Micon Cinema's got over 100000 So did the Boy Scouts. They even got some money. That's from a camp they could not hold. Uh, state spread it out well. Uh, the state spread it out very well, both downstate, upstate, around this area. A lot of entities getting it. Uh, if you're wondering why entity XYZ didn't get something, they likely didn't apply. I mean, I look through the list of, of people that got this. Me, roller derby teams were getting like $10,000, and the state's just handing it out. So if somebody did not get money, I feel 99.9% .9 secure in saying they probably didn't apply. And here's where groups like Visit Eau Claire come into play and where I think Benny and the group at Visit Eau Claire does a great job. They do a very good job hunting out grants and helping these entities write grants because grant writing is not easy. It's time consuming, a lot of paperwork. Uh, it's very, when these entity, when these uh, rewarding groups are going through grants, they go through them with a fine tooth comb because one of the easiest ways they can break down the approve they, they can they can cut down the applications is by finding clerical errors. And if they find a clerical error, all right, now we don't have to consider them. We can start make we can cut down the pile we have to consider. So that's where groups like Visit Eau Claire come in very strongly. Uh, I'm not saying other groups in the area maybe don't help out as much. I'm just saying Visit Eau Claire helps out an awful lot. Hence the reason you saw a lot of groups in Eau Claire County perhaps get a little bit more, even though Visit Eau Claire bleeds outside of the county uh, county lines. But still good. We saw, you know, re recoup money and all that. A lot of these entities are, are going to be feeling it for years. A lot of them are going to be feeling it for, for years. They've learned, though, to operate a little bit leaner going forward. Uh, last but not least, uh, I'll mention these guys' names. Uh, Steve Schimmick and Tyler Thrones, uh, two local guys, are, are headed to the World Axe Throwing Championships. I saw that. Uh, they're not necessarily professional axe throwers. Uh, they just throw here locally the axe. I remember last year a couple earned it too. I, I, think, it's, uh, I think it's very much a national championship, but it's not... It, it, it's it's almost more of a you pay your entry fee and you get in sort of thing. There there's a there's the elite professional athletes they get in and then it, it's it's kind of like when people sort of like when you see locals go and compete at the Boston Marathon. Uh, they're not going to win the Boston Marathon, but it's not even that because you you have to there there's a there's a rather significant process to get into the Boston Marathon and, and, and various races you'll have to have run, and you've got you've to qualify. Congratulations to these two guys for, for getting to the World Axe Throwing Championships. It's going to be a great event. That This year it's in Fort Worth, uh, but they're not uh, expected to compete with the, uh, the professionals. Uh, I only, the only reason I'm not really patting them on the back is... The story I saw 
didn't really highlight anything they'd ever won. It talked about how they throw a lot at one of the local clubs and they've known each other for 15 years. Well, what did they win to qualify? That's 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 my that's my thing. It's it's what did they win to qualify? Oh well. Uh be safe this weekend. Try to enjoy the snow for what it is. Oh, those Christmas lights are definitely gonna pop after this weekend. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.